Welcome to Mayak Innovatsi, the podcast of Unit City dedicated to innovation from Ukraine to the world. Privet, I am Dominique Piotet, I'm French and American, and after 16 years in Silicon Valley, I decided to move to a vibrant and a wonderful, but yes, mostly unknown, still, but not for too long, uh, tech scene, Kiev in Ukraine. Um, I am the CEO of Unit City, the first Ukrainian smart city dedicated to innovation. If you want to know more about Unit City, well, you can go online, unit.city, super easy. Um, and now let me introduce you my two co-hosts for this podcast, my dear friend Tatiana Morozova, who is uh, working at the communication of YouFuture, and Andrei Komarowski, who is the co-founder and CEO of SectorX, the famous accelerators. And guys... Hello. Hey, hey, everyone. In the studio. We can see My each other. goodness yes, gracious. No more Zoom. Zoom is dead. Mm, I hope not. Yet. Not. <laughs> not yet, right? But its valuation will probably drop by a margin. Yeah, okay. Well, we're back. We're back together. We're back in the studio with our friend of uh, Master Skaya, who are hosting us. And uh, thank you guys because, uh, oh my God, I missed you so much. It's a pleasure, and that sound. Oh, yes. Yeah, and this sound. is my first time in the studio live. Feels yes, good. absolutely. And that's cool, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, now it's time to launch our new episode and a new season, right? So, what's new about it? Well, yeah, what's new about it? Okay, uh, so, well, we changed the design. Uh, so for those who discover this podcast, we have we have a new design. When you go on Facebook on or on or any platform, when you discover the the podcast, new 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 design, uh, we kept the main concept. Uh, we want to talk about Ukraine. We want to talk about tech and Ukraine. We want to talk about people and tech and Ukraine. Um, It will be more like Ukrainian discovery. But we want to talk, yeah, a, a little bit more about about actually uh, a, a little bit more Ukrainian um, centric, um, and then a few more questions and tricks and and giggles and goggles and fun stuff, right? Sounds like it's going to be fun. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. I hope so. Mm -hmm. Well, if if not, bye guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But if it's fun, like maybe you can like us and share us and yeah. and give us five stars. And give us five stars. Well, as usual, because this we didn't change, we're gonna we're gonna start the podcast by what's cooking, um, and uh, mostly our tech news section from Ukraine and from the world. And to start, of course, Tatiana, what's cooking this week in your tech kitchen? We are still cooking because we are hungry for great news. And um, now, guys, it's common thing when you come somewhere, your temperature is being measured. Oh yeah. Like we've passed today in the studio, and the same happened. Mm -hmm. And smartphones can tell if you have a fever or not. From tomorrow and on, you can buy Honor Play 4 smartphone with an infrared temperature sensor on its back. So now your smartphone can tell you, are you okay or not? Hey, but that's scary. Can it tell me, if it tells me, but can it tell Google, then can it take the world? That I have temperature. I'm so. Oh my God! What so do you think? Is it like a built-in uh, temperature sensor? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Correct. On the back, mm -hmm. and you just. Okay. Okay. Oh. Do it like this. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, why not? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Honor Play 4. Okay. Is that a commercial? 
Yes. Uh, what about you, Andre? What's what's cooking in your tech kitchen? Yeah, on my side, it's uh, this time it's about a real, real innovation. It's about a digital device that actually reproduces just about any taste. It looks like a sh- short uh, handheld stick with five pads, really five small pads on just one end of it. And if you want to taste something, food, for example, then you just lick it and it reproduces just about anything. And it works by suppressing the sensation of each of the five basic tastes that you have in your mouth. That's very interesting technology, actually. And uh, it claims to recreate all possible taste sensations associated with food. And, and you know, I've, uh, I've been long thinking about devices that could reproduce smell, taste, and touch remotely. And I thought this could be done by tampering with the brain and the way it works. But it never occurred to me that it could be done by actually licking something. And this device could be at home's... Uh, thousands, millions of people, and you could smell, taste, maybe someday uh, even touch anything remotely. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's good for food tech. Absolutely. For having a dinner with Any, friends. Anything. Remote dining. Uh, if you want to buy something via a in an e-commerce shop, and you want to taste. Oh, you, you want, want to taste, taste it, it yeah. before you before buy you buy it. it. Uh, uh, do you know? I heard that uh, with coronavirus, some people get lose their taste. Yeah. So, do you think it could help with that? I Replace don't know. I in don't some know. way. Well, you know what? I don't want to try. Uh, okay. Well, on my side, I would like to talk about our uh, actually amazing ecosystem, startup ecosystem in Ukraine and in Kiev, uh, because we just received our ranking from uh, Startup Blink. So Startup Blink is an organization that is mapping um, and ranking the tech and startup ecosystem in the world. They're ranking more than 1,000 cities, more than 100 countries. Um, and okay, you know you know how it is with those ranking. Actually, uh, people say, well, yeah, but it's not true, blah blah blah. Um, but 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 I think it is true. I mean, they they're really doing a lot of work. I mean, I, I really actually digged in the methodology, and it's it's strong. Um, and well, do you do you know uh, how well Keith uh, is ranking? Okay, out of 1,000 cities, so 1,000 cities including San Francisco, New York, Boston, Paris, Tel Aviv, Shanghai, Beijing, uh, Berlin. Huh? Uh, not yet. But I actually think it's pretty high. Yes. At least top 50, at least. Yes, it like is. 35 or 40, something like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, you <laughs> buy that? Yes, I buy it. Okay, 32. <laughs> We are number 32 in uh, in 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 Kiev uh, in in the tech ecosystem and startup ecosystem in the world, um, and it's up two rank from last year. We were 34 uh, in 2018, so we are 32 in 2019. Um, now, if you look at Ukraine, it's even better. Ukraine is number 29 uh, out of uh, 100 countries. So you know, I think I think that. That makes me actually very, very proud and feel like mm, something is really cooking here and here. Maya Kinevansi, shine bright like a unicorn. 
and we are under the spotlight of Mayak with our guest for this podcast. And this week, our guest is a very well-known uh, person from the tech ecosystem in Ukraine. And yes, I will say it from the beginning, she is a woman in tech in Ukraine. Yoo-hoo! I mean, I, I know I don't know if you remember actually my very first guest, and it was uh, it was very important for me. Uh, the very first guest of this podcast is Natalia Mikolska, um, and and you know I'm 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 a very strong advocate in uh, in diversity in tech. I think uh, it's it's very important. Um, so our guest, she's the CEO of uh, Chasopis Creative Space, which is uh, really clearly a major player in Kiev for uh, co-working spaces. Uh, she also a board member of uh, Radatech, uh, a corporate accelerator well-known actually in Kyiv. Um, as you know, co-working spaces have been booming in uh, in Ukraine and especially in uh, in the more tech and creative cities like Kyiv or Lviv um, over the past few years. And definitely Chasopis was one of the first one, if not the first one. Um, so we will know. Um, and I felt as we are a slowly existing, exit Sorry, this period of crisis that talking about the future of, of work, trends on the startup, and of course, Ukrainian tech would be a good idea. So, we are going to do just that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Alina Kalibaba. Hello, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. It's really great to see people, uh, even via distancing, but still, um, it's alive, people. Yes, that's cool. Not Zoom. <laughs> Not Zoom, exactly. Uh, well, as 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 you probably don't know, I actually manage um, what was the olding uh, the oldest co-working space in San Francisco called Parisoma. Uh, Parisoma celebrated its uh, 14th anniversary uh, recently. Unfortunately, the coronavirus killed it. Really? So yeah, oh that's my so God. bad. I made a meetup there. Yeah, well, so I was I was the CEO of that, um, and that is a that is a business that has always been a business that was really really dear to my heart. Um, but 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 actually, Elena, for people who don't know, what is exactly a co-working space? Because mm -hmm. some people don't know what is a co-working space. Yeah. Here it can be divided like in, in, in two levels. First is a conceptual level, mm -hmm. and I will tell about it a little bit later. But in, in, uh, the second is a kind of infrastructure, so how it's work in, in reality, in facts. Uh, Co-working space is, a, let's say, space where you can rent a fixed desk for starting from one day to one month, or you can rent an office. Uh, small, big, whatever you want. Um, and um, the idea is that you are not uh, taking care about other stuff uh, connecting with the renting of office. Uh, Long-term agreements, uh, all these uh, facilities with the water, electricity, blah, 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 with coffee, printing machine, assistant. Wi-Fi. So, <laughs> Wi-Fi, yes, Wi-Fi exactly. is always <laughs> something that people ask you when you go into a co-working space. How good is the Wi-Fi? How good is the Wi-Fi? Yes, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. So you got all infrastructure uh, and um, you, you already served. So you are taking only the place or only the desk with uh, all facilities, with people who is taking care about you. This is really important. And um, it's how it works, in, in fact. I mean, in the ground. Uh, business model is really... It's sometimes it's, uh, it's a 
hybrid, let's say, but uh, in reality, you are paying for your desk. So for chair, desk, uh, internet, and other stuff. Uh, but here is another part, is conceptual part, let's say, philosophy of mm -hmm. what it is. And um, co-working space is about people. It's not actually about place. It's not about desks. It's not about chairs, but it's about people. And that's why now, last like uh, five years already, that uh, different co-workings are a little bit diversified their uh, target group, so their target audience. Uh, you can find co-working for like here in this uh, nice place as well. So this is a place for musicians, for artists, and uh, they have this possibility to work here. So this is Master Skyo, which is the studio where we're recording this yes. uh, podcast. Yeah. So we are, we've been uh, discussing with the CEO about how they are working, and this, he said that it's also about community. We have creative, uh, so communities uh, for um, co-working for for creative uh, entrepreneurs who is making, who is producing something by hand. We have co-working, and actually co-working started with the IT sphere. Mm -hmm. So for people who need only, like in my computer, I have all my office. They don't need the special uh, facilities for, for for producing something, and that's how co-working started. And uh, in 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 different niche. And uh, in, in, in Ukraine also, we, we can see this tendency. But we as Chisopus really started with the IT community and with the startup community. And right now we are working also with entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs and creative entrepreneurs as well. Tell us a little bit just the, the story of Chisopus and how did, how did it start it? And, and actually there is a Chisopus in Unit City. Guys, yeah. so if you need a co-working space in Unit City, Chesapeake is is the place. How did you? How did it start? It. What is the story about Chesapeake? Uh, it was seven years ago, so we already seven, not like in Arizona, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and we started with the first location in the center of Kiev. Uh, it was uh, it was like three, let's say, creative spaces started together, and it wasn't really a co-working as a classical. Uh, co-working model like we work for example uh, because we started as a creative space we sell hours so you can you could spend like 30 minutes and uh, you paid only for 30 minutes mm. I didn't meet actually this model in, in Europe and in States uh, I joined a team uh, six years ago uh, but first year Uh, I, I already knew Chasopis and we organized a lot of events for startups in Chasopis. I didn't even dream that then I will join the team and we'll be CEO <laughs> and a partner in uh, in this family. But uh, so I remember how in San Francisco I went with my startups, uh, going to one co-working saying, okay, guys, I need uh, like uh, 100 hours. He said, uh, you can buy a fixed place or unfixed. I said, no, 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 no. I have 15 startups and I need for them working hours here because we will be only three weeks in San Francisco. So they need to have a place to work because we've been placed in a hotel and Wi-Fi was awful. He said, no, it, it's, it's not impossible. I said, come on, it's impossible in Ukraine. Why it's not impossible here? So... Uh, I negotiated with uh, with the founder of uh, mm -hmm. those co-working, and I said, "Okay, <laughs> we will do exception for you, so you got your tickets for your teams." Um, uh, that's how I realized that uh, the the models is really different. Mm -hmm. uh, Chesopis was open as a community place, so everybody who wants can come in and be a guest. 
Then we have a separate. So then we started with a with a second according to needs of our of our guests. We started with a with a second model with a classical co-working. When people need like a resident club cards to be a resident, but at the same time, so they said we want to be a community in the public space. So it's on our lounge and 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 open space where the music and people are talking and and uh, other stuff. But at the same time, we want our separate space where we can put our uh, things, our stuff, and uh, understand that this is uh, our desk. Okay. So then, after a few years, we realized that people who started as a one person, as a startup, as an entrepreneur in our co-working, they uh, became teams and a company. So they started from one, two two, three, four, five, and we realized that they need offices. So that's how we started the club system. Uh, and actually, we have different uh, kind of services that we are providing for today. We have club offices. We have even a new service, new products that we mm, created during the, 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 the quarantine is a day team offices. And at unit, you also can uh, can join it. So if you are decided that you will work remotely and you feel that you're really effective in this, but never, never uh, it cannot replace the real communication and at least one day a week when you need to work with your team. Mm-hmm. Because brainstorming on Zoom, mm-hmm. on Zoom, on Teams, on Skype, on whatever, it's awful. It is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we are providing offices for a day mm-hmm. and uh, from from two till ten people cool. with all these restrictions, instructions, masks, uh, gloves, uh, antisepsics, whatever you want. And I remember one day, Chesopo saved a great trip. Um, it was it was a story when I got a sudden appointment at Visa Center and I needed to print enormous amount of papers. And I rushed in Chesopo's and printed everything I needed and I was so happy. And I had such a beautiful trip with my family. And I also have an experience of uh, working in co-working mm-hmm. as an art director. And I personally feel a pain uh, these days because of these online events. And how how do you think, what is your forecast for event industry, for all these Mm -hmm. lectures, concerts? So what we realized, we never focused on uh, online uh, events. Mm -hmm. We tried, but it usually was like upstreaming or then the, the, the recording of some events. But we didn't do so. It wasn't our focus. We've been like offline uh, uh, focused. And uh, what we realized during the quarantine, of course, who was in, in online industry with online education, online events, they've been okay. And I guess first three weeks was really, really good. Uh, but then people became overwhelmed because uh, too much possibilities. And overfed, I would say. Yes, and uh, too much. Uh, I don't like free products, really. When people <laughs> do something, when they de- when when they design something, it needs to be paid. I don't believe in a, in a freemium model. And uh, when it was proposed, such a, mo- a great amount of different possibilities, I think that people was a little bit scared. <laughs> then they just decided that. <laughs> Um, what we what we realized uh, that it will be transformed. I mean, mm-hmm. the event industry will be transformed because maybe next year 
uh, it still will be a, a hybrid model of offline online and I think that some people would prefer so it would be norm normal like uh, you're ready to go offline or you can buy it online and participate it online so it will be a kind of participation I don't know the proportion 50-50 or 70-30 we will see but still it will be in this way it, it's uh, my my subject uh, opinion mm -hmm. uh, what I see um, with concerts and with the big conferences uh, I guess that it will return but not now. Uh, my beliefs, because I'm extrovert and uh, I'm a, I started as a community leader, uh, people need to see people. People mm -hmm. need to touch people, hug people, discuss something. And sometimes when you're drinking coffee on the kitchen with, uh, with your co-workers, you can discuss and you can find an immediate uh, great idea regarding, I don't know, some issues new idea of product, you can test it immediately, you can see the reaction of people, uh, you can get support or you can get a critical uh, feedback. Have you ever tried to give a critical feedback through Zoom? <laughs> Remember this case when uh, all people have been fired, like yeah. uh, black screens, thank you, bye-bye. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, in, in, in real life, so I, I think that people will, will need it more and more, so that's why it will be returned, but not too soon as we wanted, maybe, maybe next year. Andre? I want to maybe change the subject of the discussion a little bit. I want to talk about women. Right now I'm, I'm, I'm watching a series on Netflix. It's about a black woman who probably became the first woman millionaire in the United States and she founded a company called CJ Walker and she used... Yes, I'm you remember watching that? it too. I'm watching yes. it too. I yes. love it. Yes, amazing. 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 Absolutely amazing. And Ilona, I know that you're uh, one of the top women in tech in the country, if not the most prominent one. And uh, we at X also have a program dedicated for women specifically. It's not about women in tech, but we do provide a a program, an acceleration program, free of charge for women who make up, uh, who do their launch, their uh, their startups, uh, their companies. And frankly speaking, we don't see many of them, unfortunately. And I wanted to ask you a question: What do you think of of the situation or the state of women entrepreneurship in the country? And if it's not too good, what does it take to radically change it? Because I personally want to see more women founding companies, more women launching startups, more women raising funds and, and uh, scaling their companies. But unfortunately, again, right now, I just don't see that. And maybe I'm kind of biased. Mm, great question. Thank you, Andre. Uh, I'm really like women in tech. I'm women in tech without tech. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have humanitarian education, too. <laughs> Uh, I started to work with the startups like seven, eight, almost yeah, almost nine years ago. Um, I'm a person who loves to train, to motivate people, and to find them, uh, to help them to find answers. And when we started with Accelerator like nine years ago, uh, it was IT, of course, it was IT start tech startups. We had. My first batch, it was uh, 29 residents and only two girls. Mm. And those two girls, they didn't been uh, uh, CEO, they've been co-founders. Mm. 
And that was the first thing that uh, I realized. My question was, why? Why it in this way? Why it's like... Uh, uh, I was learning together with my residents because I designed a program for them, acceleration program. So I've been talking with experts, with mentors whom I'm invited. Uh, and uh, then I realized that, okay, you can do a tech and it's not necessary that you need to be a tech. I mean, it's it's not necessary that you need to be a programmer, for example, or, or math or data scientist. You need to understand at least the ground, how it works and for what it can be used. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that if you are if you have a humanitarian uh, um, education, uh, that the doors to, to tech world is closed for you. That's the first uh, insight that I came out after um, my first batch. So second batch, uh, when we designed, and actually we had the board member with international board members and no women. <laughs> yeah. um, no, one who was the CEO of this uh, incubator, Happy Farm. Uh, Anna was the one and who is actually, uh, she had such much energy that, uh, but she was only one in our, in our, between our board directors. And we discussed with her that we need maybe to focus a little bit and to find uh, m more gender balanced uh, teams. Because can you imagine three months programs and only guys? Because we've been out of the city and uh, all these people, it was around the world and they've been living in a hotel. 27 guys. It was really hard to manage them. Uh, <laughs> Andre, no, because he was uh, involved as a, as a, in our mentor pool. Um, and um, so I said that we need girls in order to at least to make it more creative. And then the tendency changed uh, a little bit because uh, next year and next, so every year batch uh, became more womenized, let's say. I don't know if it's... Uh, womenized. Womenized. Uh, uh, if this word exists more in English. More feminine. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, just today I was listening to the news about football. Mm -hmm. The recent match between uh, Dynamo and Shakhtar mm -hmm. and the girls were referees this game really oh. yes there you go. Like <laughs> that's cool really important point yeah mm -hmm. yeah so it's 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 and the game was different uh, uh, guys were more polite without bad words <laughs> and etc but then i also want to make a point here what elona is is saying is that her batch was comprised of guys only but the the accelerator itself was made up of 100 percent women yeah, that's true. That's always ah. really strange. Yeah. <laughs> People who organize the whole thing, 100% women. Guys who came to to enjoy the benefits of the program, all men. Okay, but I have a, I would like to add to the question uh, because I feel like, I mean, coming from Silicon Valley or coming from France, when I look at the different tech ecosystem, I mean, we see everywhere that lack of, of, of women. It's it's not typical of Ukraine. It's, it's very course. kind of a global problem. Uh, but is there any specific Ukrainian aspect to it or is it is there anything in Ukraine we could do to change it uh, maybe I think that I'm not the best uh, person to ask about this because uh, uh, Chesopis is like not my first business where I'm involved mm -hmm. and uh, so like Red Artec, Chesopis um, another business that I closed and uh, I had uh, partners uh, 
male, male partners, mm-hmm. and I never felt uh, this discrimination or like, okay, you're a woman, so shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. Never. So I didn't meet like a real discrimination in this case. Only once, only once, and thanks to my partner who is making like really great job. I even didn't recognize it. But the, the person with whom we are talking, we've been discussing our future partnership, like a long-term partnership, and I've been together with my partner, and we discuss it, and then, so as usual, so I'm participated in uh, discussion, saying something, argumenting, and, uh, and then, like, I realized that he was talking only with my partner. Huh. And then my partner said, yeah, okay, and this question will answer Alona because this is her responsibility on our team. So she will, he said, oh, okay, but I need to, 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 to hear your opinion. And he said, no, you didn't understand. We are partners. This is her part of responsibility. She is an expert in this mm-hmm. question. So, and uh, my opinion is uh, less important in this question exactly because uh, mm-hmm. she's taking care about this. And he was looking at me like, who you are? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then saying, you have a good, you have a great partner. I said, yes, I know. Thanks. But this was only the one case. Um, but really, yes, in Ukraine, I see the good tendency, positive tendency. Uh, in Radar Tech, when we started with this uh, corporate uh, programs and uh, different startups, so usually we had uh, CEO, women CEO. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they even served better than men, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not the question of gender. Mm-hmm. I I think that it's a question of your entrepreneurial uh, energy, uh, your attitude, your, I don't know, like uh, stress uh, reaction uh, and reaction on stress, your your previous experience and, and other stuff. Now I know a lot of great women who is making business in Ukraine, and I'm happy that uh, this is in this way. I'm working also with the creative entrepreneurs who is making some some products, like clothes, uh, shoes, who is making restaurant business. And in this sphere, what I see, uh, the proportion of men and, and, and women uh, founders is a little bit better than in mm-hmm. tech. So it's like 60 to 40, 60 men, uh, 40 uh, women. I'm also working with the social entrepreneurs. And in social entrepreneurship, this is a completely different situation. So the proportion is really, really discriminative because 90% of founders of social businesses are women. Mm. And only 10% is. Mm. It's what I see because we already graduated like four batch. We have like 75 uh, graduates from social entrepreneurs. And... Yeah, it's only 10%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, why it's in this way? I don't know. I never analyze, but uh, maybe it's somehow connected with a uh, with sphere like mm-hmm. uh, tech or or creative or social. I, I don't know the, uh, the statistic on other industries, but it would be interesting. Like, what about the production, music industry and, mm-hmm. and other stuff? What about, I don't know, sport business? What about food business? It would be interesting. But the tendency in general, I see that it's uh, uh, very positive, especially in co-working. What I really can say, so I, I like six years observing who is my residence. Mm-hmm. And right now, at Unit City, what I see. It's not only guys, and it's great. Yes. And Chesopas on Tolstoy, it's not only guys, and it's great. And right now it's even like 
sometimes in open spaces I see it 50-50. We have a tradition in this uh, in this podcast and this one we want to keep. We always ask our guests um, to, to, to share a song that our guests love uh, because it's because of the mood of the conversation, because of history, because of the past, because of Ukraine, because of... So, Alina. Maybe this song which can illustrate what you do, what you love to do. Mercy. Mercy, it was the last song and Sweet Dreams. Sweet Dreams, it's a good song. Yes. Wow. Eurythmics. Sweet Dreams, Eurythmics. I love it. And we are back. Um, you see uh, tons of startups uh, because they are your residents, because you know them, because uh, because of many years of uh, working with them. You talk to them every day. What what is of the the state of the startup business right now in in Ukraine, um, and how is the crisis affecting this the ecosystem um, according to you? Um, it's. Yeah, crisis is really, really influence on ecosystem. I, I'm, I'm sure about this. Uh, it's influence on businesses. I guess that a lot of businesses will be closed. At least what I see from, uh, from our residents. So some teams said goodbye because mm -hmm. they closed companies. For big companies, they have this skill that it's not really relevant for startups. They know how to collect funds. Mm -hmm. I mean, how to save money. How to save money. How to um, manage money. And when you're a startup, so what you and when you are like a young business, what you are doing, you want to grow, and you are reinvesting all the time. So yeah. you test, you failed, or you test, you win. So you make the, you fix the box, uh, you go forward, you then again reinvest, and 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 this. So we know that startups, it's like a temporary uh, form. So it's not like a company. Yes, you are trying to validate your business model. When you validated it and you can project for six months, it means that you are becoming a company and uh, no startup anymore. You can use a startup approach, but still. So what I see is that a lot of companies, uh, they closed. But what does it mean? It means that the founders and co-founders will create the new businesses. Mm -hmm. What I see is that a lot of Uh, companies and some product teams they started to develop something against to be against quarantine and crisis or some companies and some teams been really fast reacting on the needs of people like for example logistic yeah mm -hmm. so and delivery services mm -hmm. like I remember the interview on the TV one guy who said yes we just we'd like grow in 10 times in two weeks Okay, so th now the idea for this guy is how to develop it because right now the delivery service will be a little bit uh, not so in need uh, from day to day. So, and his uh, main goal is how to all this 100 uh, delivers, 100 staff, who, the team that he created during the, the crisis, how he can support it and, and provide with the work and, and other stuff. So it means that some businesses died, some new startups and new ideas will uh, 
come and will appear uh, as a result of, uh, of, of, of COVID. And at the same time, a lot of supportive funds, I mean, uh, VCs, some uh, unicorn founders uh, who angel are really successful. Investors. Yeah, angel investors, some grant programs, some technical, there's a program of technical support, what they are doing. They are also looking in a, in a startup uh, site because they understand that startups and, and, and startup entrepreneurs, what they can do. They react really fast. Mm -hmm. So they started with a need. They, they come with a need. Okay, develop something that will help uh, to fight with the crisis after the, the, the quarantine and, and, and with the COVID. And that's why what we have in result, so we have this new device, uh, Honor Play 4. We have uh, new devices with like, uh, have you seen how many thermometers uh, we have like right yes, now? Yes, yes. It's like, I, yeah. I was like, really? We had it before? So it's like exploring the market. Or masks or specific masks or specific antiseptic or, so it's like a time of um, reacting on needs. So what I think that um, it will, from one side, uh, will kill some great teams, but at the same time, it will push uh, for creation of new ones. A little bit in 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 other industries, maybe in security, mm -hmm. for example, what we mm -hmm. what we faced with the Zoom, right? So all corporates working with teams, and we know why. Uh, maybe it will then all this virtual facilitation, virtual motivation, mm -hmm. online meetings, and other stuff. So how you look? How to look your virtual background, all this stuff. So all people is developing, no, not not Giphy right now, not, yeah. but they are developing all the stuff that make mm -hmm. you better in virtual world. I don't know if it's good or bad. I would prefer people see me alive. Sorry again <laughs> for this. And um, but yes, I'm using this as well. So I don't want people to see mm -hmm. my, uh, I mean, my personal life. I prefer so I have. Chasopis Ukraine, Alona Kalibaba, so it's great. <laughs> People said, you look like a, a speaker from a TV. Well, you, you just said that, and you're totally right, um, by saying that uh, there's been a surge in demand in certain areas like logistics and, and AR, VR, probably a bunch of other, other fields. But don't you think that actually big businesses, enterprise, enterprise level businesses actually took advantage of those change patterns of consumer behavior of consumer demand rather than startups? Because just imagine it's been a surge in demand and startups would not possibly adjust to, to this surge. And uh, large scale companies, enterprise level companies took over and really benefited from, from that change, from that surge. I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's a good answer. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah, it's like an honest. <laughs> I, I have another one, though. Okay. Uh, I, I know that you've been running and managing uh, different acceleration programs uh, throughout a ton of uh, past, yeah, past years. True. And I'm sure you have your own view, your own take, your own opinion on their future. And could you share that with, with us and with me personally as I'm in this business as well? 
you you think you mean about accelerators and yeah what's uh, what's going to happen to the to the industry are they changing are they not are they being innovative are they adapting i mean what's what's your view on their future yeah we actually discussed it with you like before when before in in previous life <laughs> yeah, before before the crisis, before, before yeah. the crisis, before the crisis yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, you mean in the previous century? <sighs> yeah. No, no, no. It was in in this century, but yeah, it was before the crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that accelerators is a kind of uh, uh, is a kind of a separate business because it's really hard to make it uh, profitable as mm-hmm. a business model. But and it's like a long term uh, perspective. It can be ten. It takes. It can take 10, 20 years in order to get uh, if it's in a system. But what I believe and continue to believe that accelerators and incubators is a form that help to push and develop entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And that's why in Chasopers, for example, and in Chasopers Unit, uh, we are doing this um, consulting and expert speed dating, helping startups and entrepreneurs and in unit we do it a lot like it's mm-hmm. it's the main idea of unit yeah to to help entrepreneurs to grow so my uh my opinion that of course it's transformed right now i think that we can really uh, decrease costs of uh, making acceleration program right now when you understand that virtually you can do it it's not necessary to spend money on accommodation on uh, tickets on uh, inviting super superstar from 2000 kilometers who can motivate uh, your residents or you can organize a meeting with a uh, uh, with a top experts and investors uh, if you have this networking so but doesn't it mean that it greatly increases competition as well because previously when when we were running in, in offline acceleration program your your uh, radius within within which you could reach startups was pretty defined and you saw almost zero competition in, in that in that regard but now you you're competing with 500 startups you're competing with whatever accelerator out there who is who is online and who's ready to accept applications from startups from all over the world and don't you think that stop that that like mediocre accelerators would die in mass if such a system would surface? Yes. Okay. Yes, it will be <laughs> this way. But at the same time, then uh, it will, as I said, it will be, uh, uh, it will be another need and this need will be satisfied somebody. So what I mean that uh, we discuss it also as well, like who is care about student incubator? So we understand that when we are doing the academical incubator system, uh, it means that maybe you have a zero, 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 zero something percent of growing the unicorn. The idea of student incubator is that to get them the first experience to try to be entrepreneurs. So to, to get the idea how to do this, how to test, how to make the hypothesis, how to talk with people, how to talk with clients, how to sell and all, all this other stuff. Uh, and this is not about money. It's about ecosystem. So ecosystem need this part as well. Till the time that ecosystem will not need it, but till the time, till it will be needed by ecosystem. So the academical incubators will exist. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's again about business. If you are to compete or die, if you are not ready to compete with uh, and you don't have a unique, it's like a value proposal. If you don't have it, okay, try to find it. If you cannot find it, close it. Don't put the death uh, horse. Uh, uh, if it's if if you not get results, okay, so close it. If you see results and it's results like I don't know, we 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 graduated two uh, hundred students, and at least ten percent of them will maybe in future will do a great businesses or even just the simple businesses who will pay taxes in 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 your country. I would be happy. So. And, well, it's a wrap. That's it. That conversation was really interesting. Uh, we could have stayed, like, uh, much longer. So we need to have you back. And um, actually, we decided to change our tradition because now it's Tatiana who is going to ask the last question for yes, the we're wrap. Yes, we're going to add something new uh-huh. to the new season. Uh-huh. Uh, and we're going to ask you to, to tell something about other tech people in Ukraine and to praise someone maybe in terms of startups or companies which are really inspiring for you oh, of course <laughs> I can do only one person yes maybe three <laughs> okay more than one I will, I will like, who are umnichki in Ukraine Umnichki. Umnichki, yeah. It's like Umnichki. a great, I like that. Uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's hard to translate in English, but it's really um, reflect. <laughs> we're going to call that section Umnichki. Yes, we're going to record the new jingle. Umnichki. Ta, 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 ta. Yes, yeah. let's do it. Umnichki. Ta, 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 ta. I love yeah. it. Of course, I would say about uh, Masha Romanova, who is the CEO of Radartek. Uh, we started together with her, so we started the first page. Uh, right now they are working together with Civita, and uh, they continue. And, and right now they are working with the space uh, department and doing a space startups. Um, because Masha is a person from corporate sphere, and she transformed it, so she has this uh, ability to learn. She is interesting in this movement and. Uh, So that's why she she she, um, she provide a good results. Then uh, Andrei Zaik, Zaik, who is the CEO of Yep Incubator. Uh, yep Incubator is an academical uh, network, mm-hmm. network of academical incubators. And this is the guy who is actually made what I'm talking about. So we started also together, and it's really really hard. And it was. I know how many times he faced such really challenges that should we like stop it? Mm-hmm. But then like eight, sixteen universities in Moldova and people said, No no no, we need to continue. So in different parts of Ukraine. That's great. That's um so Andre go on. <laughs> uh, and the third one uh, this is the old guy. And he maybe will hate me that I, I told about him because right now he's like in the in the shadow. He's only commenting on a Facebook. But Denise Davgapoli, uh, the growth up accelerator, like one of the first in Ukraine, and uh, Denise was our resident with all his team. Uh, right now he's making a big startup. Uh, 
not in Ukraine. Yeah, but still for me, his opinion, when I need some opinion, I'm asking him. Yeah, and he's a good friend of mine. Okay, well, guys, I hope you're listening to this podcast or you will. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a really nice you. conversation. Andre, what is your rap this week? Your thought of the week? Yeah, I'm not sure I have any. Okay. Yes, to be, That's to a good be honest. Yes, I want to be you honest. You did a lot of well. meditation. And actually, you know what? It's funny because now that I see Andre uh, after the quarantine, so usually, you know what happened with quarantine? You see people with crazy hair and like and like they either gain a lot of weight or lost a lot of weight most of them gain a lot of weight um and they have a different but andre actually he had crazy hair before but now he's all polished and he looks like completely zen and and so you're doing meditation i know i i employed uh, very strict discipline in mm-hmm. terms of trading in terms of reading watching learning everything So I kind of improved uh, on, on my previous self. Oh, let's see that. So that's a good that's a good rep. That's a good rep. That's a good rep. Are you gonna monetize it one day? It will monetize itself. Oh, I, I like well. it. <laughs> Tatiana. Alina, thank you for coming. And yeah. for Thank opening our the second season of Mayak Innovacy podcast, and for sure we're gonna continue our conversation. Uh, certainly. Yes, uh, a huge amount of questions and topics to discuss. Cool. cool. And uh, that the end of this podcast. Don't forget to like, to share, to comment. Uh, stay safe. Stay curious. Stay passionate. And see you very soon. Umnichki.